When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This song is called The Hoot and the Half Podcast. Hoot and a Half with Matt King and Mike Sheffer. Howdy, folks. Welcome back to season three of Hoot and a Half. We've missed you guys so much, and it's so great that you guys are back with us. It's me, Matt King. And me, Mike Sheffer. And we have Adam Belcher in the house. Our guest today is Grammy Award viewing musician. (laughs) Grammy Award viewing? Grammy Award wanting artist. You've viewed a Grammy? I've... I've, Have you held one? I've hugged my Grammy. Oh, your... (laughs) As you say, wearing a shirt that says, I'm a grandpa. Yes, I actually, yeah, Mike was saying, he's like, you know, when you come on the podcast, you should be able to announce something. So I just figured I would announce today. Why don't you show it off to that camera right there? It says, I am a grandpa. I am a grandpa. For the audio listeners. Are you really? One day it will be true. Oh, I was like trying to do the math in my head. I'm like, wait, how old are you? Your parents were born in 1954. (laughs) Yeah, then my son was born in 2000 and then my grandkid was born in 2003. Yeah, so... He's gone high school soon. Yeah. So. I was like, I've done all this research on Adam, <laughs> who's already my friend, and I don't know that he has this son out there who's already has given birth. Yes. Um, yeah, well, he... guys, yes, this is Adam. Adam is an incredible musician, also a very good friend of ours, a roommate of pretty, pretty good roommate. <laughs> and you also hail from the great state of Jersey. Yeah, the great state of New Jersey. Yes, sir. Jersey City. Touch me. NJ Thank all you. day. And NJ all day. We wouldn't know you, or I wouldn't know you, no. if it wasn't for Mike. And Although, I wouldn't know Mike if it wasn't for New Jersey. Yeah. <sighs> Although I feel like as lo- our lives in L.A. have continued to progress and the people that you've met and the people that you've met, I feel like these circles would have collided because it's yeah. there's still a lot of mutual friends outside of like, mm-hmm. you know, like he knows Charlie Puth outside of David's stuff. You know mm-hmm. Charlie from David's stuff. There's other people like that in L.A. that... When you're a successful person, you're just going to cross paths with them. Or and, even and like, you know, oh, sorry, I touched oh, yeah, so even, so even, Yeah, why don't we just do this? Yeah, so even, uh, um, even like Claudia. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like even like Julia Abner, yeah. who was your photographer yes. and also director of your music, music videos. videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild. And I think that's always like a big wink like in L.A. Like when you're doing something right is when all the dots start connecting of everybody in your own I'm network. just going to go ahead and pick up well, all these names off the floor we just dropped real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to. We don't want to keep those. Yes, keep those. Save and those. I, it feels like yesterday. Or wait, hold on. I also want to say like you guys are probably like, what? Who's Adam? Why Adam? <laughs> also, where are we? And where are and we? Where the hell are we? We should first let's acknowledge the set. No, we're not in my grandma's uh, Miami's. <laughs> we're not in my grandma's Miami uh, penthouse. Mm-mm. We are still in Zane's house yes. um, in one of the guest rooms, and we have brought about this kind of like uh, how would you say? It's a vibe. Yeah, it's very like postmodern bachelorette. <laughs> 90s rom-com chic yes yeah we'll, we'll probably do a tour of all the stuff we have in here maybe we can even talk about some of it here 100 we definitely want to talk well, about well season four will be at your grandma's miami villa right so <laughs> you walked in here you said it looks like you know there weren't any video podcasts in the 80s but if oh, yeah. there were, this is it's what... like if there was a podcast in the 80s this is what it would look like this is it this well is... the man of the hour the man of the decade <laughs> Adam Melcher. And every time I say your name, sometimes like I hesitate. I'm like, am I saying it right? Because right. it is so easy to say, but is it? It is Melcher, yeah. It, I wish Melchor oh, or Melcher? I say Melcher. 
It, but it, it's hard because there's some there's some words that like like mentor. It's O R right, and that's or. But like yeah. if you have like the the rigor of something, it's R I G O R. But you pronounce it E R. You know. Yeah. So I always say that just pretend my last name has an E R instead of an O R, and that's how you pronounce it. So that's just a good way how to Melcher put it. Would be because well, yeah. we as Texans, we just like to mess up anything. We don't like to recognize any of like the proper vowels for what they are because <laughs> it's like Ben. Like if your name's Ben, it's Ben. It's like trash Ben to yeah. us. It's called the pin pen merger. If you say the word pin like in a wall and the word pen like you write, people from Texas, they they say those two words the same. Oh yeah. And we wow. we say it differently. We say that's a pen that you write with yeah, or so it's you, a pin that you put in the wall. Yeah. So wait, Matt, can you say it then? So what would you you're 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 writing with what today? A pen. Like I know I See? should the proper pronunciation is pen, but like the Texan in me is I just love pen. That, though. Yeah. Also, big uh, official announcement that you are the voice and the music behind the theme song that we've had for the last. I am. It's twenty odd episodes. I am. Hoot and a half. And a half. With Matt, Matt King and Mike Shepard. Tell us about how you uh, came up with that <laughs> melody. Because either either it took you a while, or you, music just flows out of you. It probably just took you like ten. That seconds. one. It took me about ten seconds. I remember Mike asked me as I was walking out of the door of our old apartment, and I was walking out, and he was like, "Oh, by the way, can you get that thing today for us?" And I was like. Hold on, let me just voice memo it really quick. I just thought of it, like, as I was putting my shoes on. And I voice memoed it, and then it worked. It just wound up being, like, whatever, 10 seconds, 12 seconds, you know? And it was all good. I was, like, very nervous about asking you to do it because I'm like, can, I was like, Mike, can you just ask Adam because you guys are, like, roommates, and I just don't want to – I know he's really, really busy right now getting oh adjusted God. to L.A., but <laughs> – You guys both have this thing where you're, like, sort of intimidated by each other, and you're just like, I don't want to bother him. I don't know. I know. Like, we yeah. are. Are yeah, we, I'm we like, are going to be just, friends? Like, when like I know. I keep asking Mike. He's like, is it cool if I just shave Matt's head while he's sleeping? <laughs> is it cool? Like, look, I understand he's really busy, but is it cool if I just shave his head? Well, if you're shaving my head, I'm shaving yours, and that I don't no, know. I my, if if you shave my head or cut my hair, my songs get taken down from Spotify. <laughs> that my whole career is you, my hair. You need to shave your head after you win your first Grammy. Yes, or like do like a Billie Eilish. Uh, yeah, like a new. Kind of, everyone's like, <gasps> yeah. Instead of one million it. likes in six minutes, I'll get about ten. <laughs> It'll be the world record for. Like, least amount of likes <laughs> in six minutes. That was crazy that she got that many likes on that picture. I mean, I didn't even realize. But, like, literally, I liked it when it was at, like, eight minutes. And it was, like, over a million. It was the fastest photo in Instagram to hit a million likes, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the second one, or the second picture she took was the second fastest. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. She took another one, yeah. And it was probably, like, the fastest time in history that all the salons got calls from all of these young <laughs> girls going, uh, yeah, can I? They're like, do you know the color blonde? No, yeah. like, imagine you're just sitting there with, like, black and green hair, and you see that post of Billy, yeah. you're like, whoops. Darn it. <laughs> i got to switch this up, because this is out. Yeah. To be honest, every time I post a haircut picture, like, I've posted, like, two, and they get more likes than any sort of music I So it's like, really, it's like, you get a haircut? Put that shit right on the ground. Mm -hmm. Yep. When You're I bleached my hair, it was like when I bleached my hair, it was practically white. It was a disaster. But, but it was the most liked and engaged photo I posted all year. <laughs> and that's year. what it's so all about, guys. Right? It's yeah. Instagram likes and comments. That's Engagement all that matters. Engagement and exposure. Let's that's give it. them something to talk about. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. Wait. So I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. We how we to? met? Oh, how I we... guess how we met, but also like how about we established like who he is, who the hell I am. Yeah. <laughs> who, who the heck are you, Adam? I am a musician from New Jersey. Um, I live in Los Angeles, California, and I. What's your address, <laughs> dude? Depends who's asking. <laughs> um, the IRS. The IRS. <laughs> okay, and thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Um, I actually have to hit up the IRS really quick. Um, <laughs> we all do. Tax we all day do. is upon us. Well, I heard they're moving it to May 15th. Get out of here. Yes, yeah, so they moved it to May thanks, 15th. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Joey. <laughs> thanks, Joe. Thanks, Joe. Joey did Joey it. B. Joey B. Um, what if we just put our hands together and our feet you, together? You signed, a, you signed a record <laughs> deal? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, we just <laughs> levitate. <laughs> All of a sudden, Mike like just wakes up in this alternate reality, or he's like in the white. He's just in a white room, like padded. Just like we didn't exist the whole time. Okay, so, we're trying to do a podcast here, guys. Okay, okay. we we gotta let I, these people know how we met or yes. I met. Well, who Adam is? Well. Oh, it, it goes so many different areas. The reason why we wanted to bring Adam on right now is because you have put out an incredible album, the Melcher Lullaby Hotline. It's just Melcher Lullaby Hotline. It can be the Melcher, but it's just Melcher on Spotify. Volume one. Volume one. 
And it is an incredible album filled with incredible tunes. And if you guys also may know, Adam did the music for my two YouTube videos of the Super 8 compilations oh, yes. of me and my friends, yes. Real Estate, Jewel. Your music has always really inspired me and has touched me in a really great, deep, and sincere way. And, um, it, and that was just the beginning before you had even really moved out here and set your feet in. And now you've had so much success. And... Uh, You've had many, many live shows, mm -hmm. but you've serenaded us throughout all of quarantine <laughs> with the Lullaby Hotline, and now it is fully out. So we just had to have you on. And, you know, we're in a new set, and I was so nervous, like, who should we have on? I want to, it to, for somebody to be comfortable, someone I can let my guard down with, and yeah. you're somebody who I loved shooting the shit with and talking Always. about music at Mike's house <laughs> every week. Yeah. yeah, I had the best conversations with you. 100%. So I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And those kind words and everything. It's um, I feel very lucky. Those, like, even the Super 8 videos, like, those are essentially, like, the music videos for both those songs. Like, I don't have music. And I was just like, well, it doesn't really matter that there's no music videos because these videos are just already so <laughs> sick. I remember when you did the the real estate one and I was like, wow, it, it, it's like literally I wrote this song for Matt and his friends who I don't know yet. <laughs> like, you know, I was just like, oh, this is so sick. Like, yeah. you know, it's like I feel like I know them. So props to you for making a great music video um, on I accident could, or I couldn't on help purpose. Myself. Yeah. And then I remember after I did the first one, I was like, that was great. What's the next song of Adams I'm going to use? <laughs> just and wait then, till I, yeah. And then we saw you open up for Mount Joy mm -hmm. at the Wiltern and you played wow. jewel and i just looked at mike and i'm like this is it yeah i'm going yeah. to use this song so you and the rooster yeah <laughs> yeah it. it's so crazy though that like man i forget about like live shows really like it's so weird to have these experiences but like to not do something for so long after doing it almost like every month or every week or something it's definitely very strange so the podcast like coming on here and being able to release something it feels like a little bit of normal life and being around like friends and stuff it's nice to just be um like around people again yeah and we're like in the home stretch i feel like it's like your senior year and like everyone's right in matters, but yeah. you still have very important tests you have you don't, to you don't take. Wanna, you don't want to lose your acceptance to the college that you already got. So yeah. You don't, you don't want to fail out in the last semester. <laughs> you, you know, I know you're about yeah. to graduate. Just you got don't one more screw class it up. Left, yeah. like, exactly. We're almost there. We're gonna get. We're gonna get into Harvard, guys. Just yeah. don't don't screw it up. What were your dream schools? My dream school was UT, which wow. I got into. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, good. But one I for also one. wanted USC, and I didn't get into USC. Got you. So you studied opera. I did study opera, but I did apply to NYU and I didn't get in. Did you want to go to NYU? I would have. I going to school in the city would have been great. I have no idea how I would have paid for it, right? Because that it's is like incredibly expensive. Yeah, I think I think now it's more expensive, but I think I think now it's around like seventy five thousand a year to go there. It's and one it's of the tish? most expensive. Yeah, Tish. Yeah. To be honest, like a bunch of people who I've met even out here have all like all went to NYU. So I essentially went without going. If you meet the people, that's really what college is for. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah, you so. sat in. Yeah, I sat. I sat in. Sat yeah, in. for a couple times, but um, and yeah. you studied opera. I did study opera. The first year I studied music therapy, though, and very quickly I realized as an 18-year-old kid, I was just not mature enough to do music therapy, like, for other people. Like, gotcha. we okay. were going to, like, the nursing homes, and, like, I had to learn how to, like, undo a wheelchair, change an old person's diaper like, and stuff, okay. and I was like, this is too much. I remember getting in the car after the first day of field work and calling my advisor and being like, I'm switching. Wait, doing right a now. person's diaper? Like, you had to, like, learn how to do it, because I did like, field work. Like, to the work. beat of a song? Clean up, clean <laughs> up, yeah, everybody, everybody, clean well, your just grandpa. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, like, the thing is, like, the first year is just classes. Like, you're just doing it, but then the second year is field work, and you get placed in certain things, so some people get placed in childcare, some people get placed in this, and, like, I got placed in geriatrics, which is just, like, old people like hospice care so these people are like on their way out so if you're in like a circle and you're playing a song for somebody and like someone just starts like shitting their pants or something yeah you got to help them oh like you have to like my. you have to like help respect them respect to people who do yeah, know yeah. so that like, is... once they told me that's what it was i was like they're like okay yeah so you'll start like next week you'll come in on mondays and it was like i had to drive to long island to do my field work and everything and that's it was like an hour away and i remember i was like oh yeah cool yeah i'll see you next week and i walked out and i immediately called my advisor and i was like i'm switching majors i don't know to what but so i talked to my voice teacher and he was like well we need guys in the opera program why don't i teach you how to sing opera for a year and then you can apply at the end of the year, and then you can just finish the rest of your two years of college. So when I switched to opera, they were like, yeah, you get in because we need more dudes in the program. Like, I was so <laughs> yeah. bad at singing. Like, I never got any singing roles ever, but, you know. So in your mind, were you uh, ever like, okay, opera's my major, 
do I really need to be taking this seriously? But I know that I want to be a musician on the side. Like you still had like faith that you yeah. wanted to take your mic and your guitar and totally. Well, that's what I wanted to do the whole time. But my parents were very real with me, and my dad said from a very like early age, I wanted to drop out of school. Once the, the music therapy thing happened, I was like, I'm done with this. I write music. Like I'm gonna just be an artist, all this stuff. And he just straight up told me, he's like, Adam, you're not good enough. He's like, if you if you do this, you are going to go back to college for something you don't like doing two years and do that for the rest of your life. And you're going to regret that you did it. Damn. He said, why don't you just get your degree in this, learn how to sing, and then afterwards, if you're good enough, keep doing it and just feel it out. You know. So I was like, okay, I trust this person. They're my dad. I love them. Yeah, so I did that. And then I sort of like realized like sort of what it took to like sing for long hours. So like I was taking basically to pay for school – I was playing at bars and restaurants and weddings and stuff. And those gigs are from like 7.30 to 10.30 and you're just singing other people's songs. So you have to like, for me, I was using all the opera techniques to sing at these things because no one's really listening. It's like wallpaper you choose to look at at the restaurants. It's just like background music. So you I say could, weddings too? Yeah, weddings too. And it's just <laughs> like people are walking down the aisle. You can sing the, You can sing like like the alphabet and people be like, oh my God, it was so beautiful. People are going to be looking back at their old wedding footage being like, <laughs> Adam Melcher was performing at our wedding and we didn't know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so many times. I was like, I cannot tell you how many times I played All of Me by John Legend when oh, people walk down the man, aisle. Yeah. I know that song by heart. I would do that to pay for school, but... It was also good to practice, and then not only that, but then I started like learning the structure of like pop songs, basically, because I had to take the songs and make them acoustic, and then I was like, oh, this is what they did in the bridge. I would have oh. never known this. Like, you know, you listen to like like Viva La Vida, like mm-hmm. you know, like by Ricky Martin, by Ricky Martin, by Coldplay, and like that song is not really. Oh, living. I didn't even get nothing from that on that. Oh, because I'm so I'm just so focused on Adam. I'm like I, I'm just happy. I, I'm Ricky Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just sitting here like yeah. Um, but basically, like learning these songs and like knowing, you know, I thought the whole time it goes like dun dun dun. That's what you remember the song. But when you really dive in on the song, there's so much more like songwriting things, and they're not really. Like, lyrically, they're not really talking about anything. They're just telling, like, a hypothetical story of, like, being a king. But then sometimes it's like – then you, like, sort of dive into lyrics more. I think this is why I read lyrics off of Genius because what I would do is I would print the words on Genius and just look at it on iPad. So I was, like, literally doing the studying. I was, like, just getting paid to study these pop songs. But also the experience of playing them in real life. Putting in the sweat work for it. And learning, like, the structure of the music side of it too. How, like, chord changes work and what – I mean, and, yeah, in notes and notes, and also, <laughs> and then also recognizing That's when, like, <laughs> of course, notes, notes. Of, course. <laughs> of course, like the sound of it, yeah. like the sounds, yeah. But also then realizing, being like, oh wait a second, I played this song in this key, and it has the same sort of beat you know, as this other one. And why don't I try mixing them together or something? And then that's sort of like a formula like for writing songs and, you know, like if you know something's going to work, like why don't you just try like the pulse of it or something or like the beat of it and writing your own song to the beat or maybe taking the chords that work and applying to something else, you know. Um, Hope you're enjoying this conversation with the lovely Adam Melcher. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Hoot and a Half is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Mike, there is nothing that galls my chicken more than getting ripped off. Galls your chicken? Galls my chicken. Is that a new Matt King phrase that I've I need heard, to learn? I've heard it once and I just kind of stole it, so okay. I'm going to say it now. What galls your chicken, Matt? Uh, what galls my chicken is getting ripped off, especially by big-time companies. You know when they send you a contract and there's all that fine print, but you trust them. You're like, eh, I don't need to read over this. And next thing you know, you finally get your bill and there's all these hidden fees that you didn't know about that you agreed to. So when I first heard about Mint Mobile and how they were offering an amazing wireless plan for just $15 a month, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, what's the catch? But the thing is, Mike... There There is is no catch. catch. That is their secret sauce. There is no catch. All they want to do is pass on the savings simply to you. If you guys don't know what Mint Mobile is, they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. That's it. They're cutting out the retail stores. There's no all these crazy overhead costs that get charged to you. You can sign up online, switch over super easy for just $15 a month. And I've heard so many good things about everybody who has signed up with Mint Mobile. Their reception's better, their coverage is great, and they're super happy with the savings they have. 
have on their phone bill compared to all of the other big time companies screwing them over with all those hidden fees. Now, Mike, tell the people all the nitty and gritty of what a Mint Mobile wireless plan can provide you. First off, all plans come with unlimited talk, unlimited text, and high-speed data on the nation's largest 5G network. And what's also great is you get to keep your phone number along with all of your contacts when you switch over to Mint Mobile. You don't have to get a new one, and you're not going to lose everything in your phone. They keep it all together for you. And all you do is get to save money. And what's also great, if you're not 100% satisfied with Mint Mobile in the first seven days, you get your money back, and you are good to go. And Switch to Mint Mobile premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. Guys, $15 a month for wireless service. What else do you need to know? And not only is Mint Mobile hooking you up with savings, we want to hook you up, the Hoot and Half family, with savings as well. If you are interested in getting your hands on this wireless plan for $15 a month and getting it shipped to your house for free, go to mintmobile.com slash hoot. Once again, that is mintmobile.com slash hoot. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hoot. And now, on with the rest of the episode, and stay tuned for a performance by Adam Melcher. Yeah, basically, the without getting too music nerd, mm-hmm. if you have Watermelon Sugar High, Adore You, and Lights Up, like the first, I think those are the first three or four songs on the Harry Styles album. I think the first one is Golden, and the rest are those right in a row. Same beats, very easily sung over each other. And so you can sort of catch yourself singing like the same song over each other. You yeah. Know? I kind of catch that similar to um, Jack Antonoff's Bleachers albums mm. a lot too. Like, gotcha. I, Cause it's all, it's just, it feels like I'm like, uh, in like a circle, pounding drums, and we're all like, it's like kind of this big chant. And everyone's kind of adding this thing in, and then we're back to this other thing. Yeah, like I've done that before. But it's, but it's this locomotive together of, of music that like keeps coming back upon itself. Exactly, it's and they ha- and it has to be like beats that people recognize, right? Because then without like you know everybody can sort of chant sort of thing. It's like we will rock you. It's like boom boom. Cunt. But like you can really follow dun, dun, you really can follow that. So like if Queen is like, oh, I want to make a song that like everybody's gonna sing at an arena, they're like, well, why don't we just try the easiest thing possible, and then you just do whatever, okay. you know, over it. So. That's there's a David Byrne, the singer from the Talking Heads. I think I've mentioned this before that he wrote a book called How Music Works, and one of the opening theories of it is that music is not written to the sound of the times, but it's actually written to the venue in which the times have music being played in. Mm. So chamber music, which is like from whatever, the 1600s, it's very choral, very long, and it's a bunch of chords for voice because the place where people were listening and playing music was in a church. And so mm-hmm. that's the type of music. And he goes through like the 60s where it was like in coffee houses. So you have acoustic guys playing like Bob Dylan and coffee houses in New York because that's where people were listening to music. Then it transitioned to like the punk rock venues, which were like little basements. So you had to play really loud and really fast to break through and make the sounds. And then you have bands like U2 who play stadiums. So they write the music to match the venue that they're playing in. And I think that where that leads us today is like everybody listens to their music on their phone mm-hmm. and specifically like TikTok and people literally are making songs for TikTok. For TikTok. And yeah. it's like the venue in which music is being consumed the is most. what music is being written for in the time. Yeah. Whoa. Like there's people who will post like, you know, make their TikTok whatever, like 15 seconds and like just make it like literally repeat for three times and then put it on Spotify and then it counts. And it kind of drives you nuts sometimes where I feel like Maybe. I'm like listening to like, or well, I'm listening to, you know, just modern pop radio and I'm like, are these songs big because of TikTok or are the songs big on TikTok just because they're popular right now and they're good in, in the yeah. stream it's hard to like put my finger on it and then I, i'm very curious if people how yeah. how often are you thinking of the venue in when in you make I your play. own your music like are you thinking oh are you thinking about the day you're going to perform this live because i don't know i bet some songs are maybe a little bit more challenging to do and live on their own better just people listening to them privately than actually performing it yeah i think whenever i approach a song i always think okay, what's the best thing for this song, right? And then when I'm when it comes to production, that's when it's like, okay, what am I going to make this for? Do I want this to be like a stadium banger or do I want this to be 
something you could fall asleep to. So mm-hmm. there's different exercises you can do. And a lot of times what I find is that when it's hard to choose between them, that's when I usually have a good song. Mm-hmm. When it's like, oh, I could sort of make this into any venue and it would work, you know. Because you and just did the wedding version of, of I Choose You. I Choose You. Yeah. So when you have a strong song like that, you can sort of dress it up in different things. You Which know? you did beautifully, by oh, the way. thank you. But I that was the originally it. how we wrote it was the was on the piano very slow and then when i brought it to my friends we were producing the summer camp ep like two years ago i played it for one of the guys or i played it for the guys and one of them was like oh yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful and the other dude my friend andrew who was always very straight up with me like he sort of like had his head down and he was like you know if i heard that song again i probably wouldn't make it past the first chorus so he's like i do have an idea though of how to change it and Ooh. I was like, okay. And he's like, why don't you play it? Like, how would you play this song if you were playing for it, like, at a party with your family? And I was like, oh, well, I would definitely strum it a little faster. I would definitely do it. And he said, there you go. And we just did it. And we that's how we recorded it. That's how that guitar intro. That's how that, that guitar just, intro yeah. is like, oh, how would you do it? And just power. And it's just like, and so then it winds up working out for the song. So now you have two versions of this song that, like... I still think the new Pokemon movie should pick it up, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have well, you have po- Post Malone's putting out a, a Darius Rucker yeah. cover, but it's like has eight bit all in it, and it's about yeah. like Pikachu yeah. and so stuff. Sick. Is there a new Pikachu movie coming out, or is it for the video game? I think it's Pokemon Snap is coming out. Um, yeah. And Post Malone did it for that. Well, Pokemon team, I choose you. <laughs> hits it on the nose so it's about love it's about love but love for pokemon too yeah you know know, love for your fighter you know you're so gentle and graceful and music flows out of you so effortlessly um and i know you so well so i feel comfortable (laughs) asking you this and i've never seen like a darker angry side to you i'm always so impressed how just like you're just you take it as it goes and yeah that's just the song and i made it and that's great (laughs) but and i never see you behind closed doors Mm -hmm. brewing up these potions yeah so are there moments where you're just like you hate it like you're like i can't get this lyric right no that's not the right lyric like are there times where you kind of have to like i don't know uh face your the emotion of anger your manic yeah in it? I, don't know. I think a lot of it is can it get very tedious at yeah all? it does there's songs that like don't figure themselves out for a while but i think what i i've sort of come accustomed to is being able to be like confident in myself that like let's say i'm working on a song and it's just like not coming together just like you know what i just leave the song for a little bit come back to it mm-hmm. and i'm lucky enough to write i know a lot of people to where like if i'm having trouble with like a chorus or something i can hit up someone like amy allen and be like hey do you want to work on this course with me you know and it's like she's like she wrote like adore you and like without without me by halsey you know but we're friends so she's like yeah i'm down to help out or like you know like those kind of people were so i have access before then though i would have to just sit with a song and just like wait until it comes you know like before i knew a lot of these people or anything and that's why i really love collaboration but i've learned a lot um about myself by collaborating with other people like you learn like their techniques of what they do and like doing it at like a high level like i mean just for amy for instance that she was one of the first sessions i had in la which is like insane because she is like an insane writer top yeah like i it was like going to grad school in one day like i was like (laughs) oh my god you're so right like there was one thing we were writing i was like oh what if we said this and she's like well would you want to say like you or she there and i was like well i would probably prefer to say you she's like if you want to say you that's cool we just have to change all the all the lyrics that we wrote before you know and oh, i was yeah, like because now oh. you're adding in a whole new yeah so narrative. then we just like yeah so then we like changed the narrative and we made it like this way and it was just like it was really cool to see like how like just one word can really change the whole thing and how you can approach it but there's songs that like you know i have that i've been working on for so long and then there's some songs that just like come very very quickly and i think knowing that I think it all stems like my lack of anger sort of stems from the confidence that it will happen. Like this song will figure itself mm-hmm. out. The right people will come along. You may not even know them yet. You know, there's some people where like I'll start writing a song and I'm just like, man, I don't know what to do with this. And then like a year later, I'll meet someone and be like, wow, like this guy or this girl would be great if I like brought this song to them or this artist you know so that's that must be so exciting like i don't know you just it's this trusting the process like you know you're putting in the work and you're not you have patience Mm -hmm. and expectations are it'll work itself out when the time is right yeah and then you don't get flustered or frustrated because it doesn't need to work right now yeah 
Are you a uh, pen and yellow pad kind of guy? Typing them on your phone, or like a John Mayer on like an electronic <laughs> typewriter? typewriter? Yeah, you know, I would like to say that I'm more of a typewriter, um, notepad kind of guy, but I am definitely more just like notes app, you know, just on my phone sort of thing. Just because like it's easy to go from like the notes app to recording a voice memo, and then the notes app you can also share with other people too. So okay. you know, it's like you can collaborate on it. Just like you know, it's easier to have all the lyrics down in one spot. Um, when you're in the studio and you're singing that lyric are you looking at the lyric or have you gotten that lyric already down in your head where you don't need to like read it off the paper i usually am it depends if i just wrote it that day i'm usually looking at it okay so unless like there's unless like i write it previously and then i record it at like a later date or something like that then i can do that sort of thing where i just like don't look and i can feel it. and those are usually like when the song really feels better recording wise yeah it comes out way more naturally because you know it natural. it's like an actor is exactly. obviously going to perform it better once he has the lyrics memorized versus reading it on the 100%. spot yeah and that's what's so funny about like i choose you is that's i sang that and i was reading from my phone but like when i, I when i was doing like the real i choose you recording it was just like that was like oh I know the words so much yeah. at this point. So it's it's definitely just like a different style of singing and a different style of working. But I, I'm not really like – I'm not one to have um, like one specific style of working when it comes to songs because it's just there's so many different ways you get them. Yeah, you got to be malleable. Know. Yeah, you got to mm-hmm. be a little bit malleable. But some people have their thing and really stick to it. So Cool. Mike, you know what? This new year, I've committed to a lot of good habits, but there's been one habit that's been getting at me, and it's becoming a bad habit. You know what that is? Showering more? No. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you? What it has been is me ordering food via takeout. I I am just addicted to it, and I need to start focusing on cooking my own meals in my own home. But Mike, you know what? It stresses me out. I go to the grocery store. I'm trying to buy the right items. It's never the right proportions. And then I finally get down to it, and I'm stressing out. I can't find the right instructions, and I just avoid cooking at all costs. But ever since I've heard of this new service called Daily Harvest, it has changed my game in the kitchen. Daily Harvest delivers delicious food to you, all organic fruits and vegetables right to your door. It literally takes me minutes to prepare, and I never have to think twice if the food is good for me. What I love about it, it stays fresh in your freezer, and you don't have to worry about wasting the food. The best part is you don't need to overthink your meals for the week with Daily Harvest. They have smoothies for breakfast, crisp flatbreads for lunch or dinner, and they have food that's perfect for cooler weather, like their harvest bowls and soups. And they actually sent us a box of this. I'm, I know you've been eating yours. I just got my box, and it is unbelievably delicious. <laughs> I've already ran out of mine. I've been enjoying it so much, and I cannot wait to get my next package from Daily Harvest. Really- Mike used to just be a bagel guy. That's all it was. But now Daily Harvest has expanded his diet and has increased his confidence when it comes to cooking in his own kitchen. And it also takes the stress out of deciding, what do I want to eat for lunch? What do I want to eat for dinner? Am I in the mood for this? It doesn't matter what you eat with Daily Harvest because it's all delicious. Every time, it's the best. And Daily Harvest is so trustworthy. They don't add any preservatives. There's no added sugar. And they don't add all that artificial nonsense. None of that. And they just launched their new almond milk that is made from almonds and a dash of sea salt. It is so good because I make smoothies all the time. I need my almond milk. And Daily Harvest almond milk is now my go-to milk. (laughs) I gotta have it. What? And you know what, Hoot and a Half family, this wouldn't be an ad if we weren't hooking you up with something good. So if you want to check out Daily Harvest for yourself, go to dailyharvest.com, enter the promo code Hoot, H-O-O-T, to get $25 off your first box of Daily Harvest. Tell them again, Mike. That's promo code Hoot for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. That's dailyharvest.com. Now back to the podcast with the lovely Adam Melchor. One thing that I do always think about that I like that you're, you mentioned about your dad is when you wanted to get a guitar in high school, you wanted your dad to buy you one. Of course. But instead, he said, if I buy it for you, you may not play it. But if you work for it and then you buy it with your own money, you're definitely going to play it. 
Yeah. Can you tell a little bit more about that story? Sure. I think, first off, my dad is just pretty cheap when it comes to that. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but second off, he does have a point where he was like, if you buy it with your own money, then you won't not play it. You know, it won't just sit there, won't do anything. And and you don't really need, like, I didn't really need a great instrument to start. So I, I bought, like, a $200 guitar. Um, I got a job at a pizza place, like, how, the how year old? before. Oh, sorry, how when old? I was like, uh, I remember getting it when I was, like, 15. Okay. Yeah. Pizza in, place that you worked at? I was working at a pizza place. Chuck yeah, E. Cheese's? And, yeah, Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, I was working at Chuck E. Cheese. Um, <laughs> no, I was... Hey! Uh, um, yeah, basically when my dad said that I should buy my own guitar, I was working at a pizza place and I just saved up some money. It was called Pizza Man. And um, it was literally called Pizza Man. Quantic, New Jersey. So um, if you guys... Shout and, out to Pizza Man. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Pizza Man. I remember when I first started playing guitar... Um, it was during the summer because I remember I got it like right after my mom's birthday and she was born in July. And my dad made me practice outside for like the first two weeks because he couldn't take it because he's a school teacher. And he was like, dude, this is my time off. Yeah, like, yeah. I, you're so bad. Like, and you're, <laughs> you're playing so loud. Like, you have to go outside. So um, I think I think from that being such an early age, like Mike knows this, but I'm a, I'm a pretty like soft guitar player. Like, I try not to like play around people or like, you know, do anything or be like too loud when it comes to those things. And I think now I'm realizing that it might just be from like daddy just, issues. Yeah, like when, when I yeah. play guitar, I like I try and really like dig into it because that's how i think you get the best sound but he yeah. adam's always like a little bit like oh you, you don't have to hit it you don't, you don't have to play so loud <laughs> yeah that could be yeah the guitar's little... the guitar's built you know it yeah, sings yeah, for yeah. you, you know? so, <laughs> my dad is my dad listening, is listening <laughs> in new jersey so um but yeah i definitely you know i practice i but i only ever wanted to be like good enough at guitar to just write songs to it that was always the case i didn't really ever have any like desire to solo or like do anything that do you think you'll apply that same method one day when you're a father um or are you just going to be like no i'm giving you a guitar when you're six and you're going to be strumming with me and you're going to be on my album <laughs> you to be like kanye and northwest yeah yeah you know i don't know i it's hard to say before i get there you know yeah. i know i'm a grandpa now but i'm not a dad yet so um yeah no that's um, a good line yeah <laughs> i know i'm a grandpa now but i'm not a dad yet. we always say like phrases like that i feel like we're always catching each other saying that'd be a good song yeah there's always there's a list on my phone. That's why I like using the notes app too, because you can copy and paste. Like, I have a concept folder, you know. Well, we need a collaborative there's, list of just of our concepts. A, a, yeah. Mike and Matt isms. Yeah, to, exactly. Well, we See, because, of... if you're really rusty one day <laughs> and you're reaching and then, for a and line, then the Nashville the Nashville way is what they say is a word a third. So if you add a word to the song, you get a third of it. Because usually it's in a room of three people, so it's like a word a third. And oh. it's also just a nice way to go about life is like being open and listening for things like that. Like yeah. someone. A couple weeks ago said uh i had just like met them that night and they said wow you're my favorite stranger mm -hmm. and like that's a nice sentence but like because i like live with adam and he's always thinking about lyrics or stuff like that like the world at if you not that we're artists but like adam is an artist and if you live or try and live as an artist the world becomes a lot more beautiful because you're more receptive to things like hearing a sentence that someone might have just said in passing but now it's like I think about that like once a week now. Like that's such a nice Damn. sentence. Yeah. And um, something like that is like an easy like song to like y you can pretty much apply anything. And I'm one of those people who also likes things that are not so obvious yeah. as being the song titles or like, like even like real estate, you know, just mm -hmm. like sort of something like that where running it comes out of real in. estate is yeah. a hockey term. It's a hockey term. Yeah, like no, the, it's not the announcer. There's this announcer who used to like announce for the Devils named Doc Emmerich. He's won like he he usually wins like the Emmy every year for announcing before you're like retired. But he would always say like, oh yeah, like running out of real estate in the corner. And it's like when the players would get too close. I can't. Sorry, my reaction is this. <laughs> it's just because I listened to that song over and over when I edited it for that yeah, YouTube video. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I can't believe you never told you never told me that. I just discovered it the other day too. When we we're well, we can jump into this now. Adam, yeah. as much as Adam is a musician, I would say he's almost more <laughs> of a professional hockey fan of the New Jersey Devils than he is a professional musician. I was thinking in my head, I'm like, I bet he's wearing a New Jersey Devils. Uh, this might be the first time today. you've not worn a New Jersey Devils outfit, maybe in three and a half years. Maybe I'm trying to, you know, the the thing is before before I am like a New Jersey Devils fan, I am just like a hockey fan. That's why I have like a little tattoo of these guys playing hockey. But um, it just brings me a lot of joy growing up. Like you know, I would play it. My friend Justin had. 
a rink in his backyard. Like he would make, we'd always like make it. And I was like, you know, my, my family wasn't like that close or like too family oriented. So it was really nice being a part of like, he had like six brothers. They all played hockey. And like, you know, I remember like, not like you, like the physical embodiment of like learning how to stop. And like, I remember like, it was only like a, probably like a 30 foot rink or whatever. And I didn't know how to stop on skates. So like a lot of times when I would get to the edge, I'd literally have to just jump off and onto the grass <laughs> and I'd always eat shit. You know, I, I always like fall, but then like you sort of learn how to stop. And I think at that time too, like I was like doing like a lot of drugs. And I think just even just like learning how to stop, like doing that, like to an extent, just being like, okay, like just know your limit, just know when you're going to get like on the proverbial grass, you know, and that sort of thing. So I hold hockey in like a very deep place, like just in general, you know, it's like, instead of just like doing a bunch of pills, like, why don't you just put on your ice skates and just go and just do whatever and just like forget about things for a little bit. So that was, that's why I'm so, and he was a huge like devil's fan. So like we were always like going to the games, all the shit, you know? And, um, they uh they keep me honest because they are not very good. Mike knows this by me watching the games. Um, but I always say to Mike, I'm like, if the New Jersey Devils losing is the worst part of my life, then I have truly won. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know these guys at all. Yeah, like I don't know anything. Yeah. Like just because like all they are are adults who are not playing as well as other adults a game, and they're wearing a color jersey that says like a state that I was born in. That's literally you know when you when you and I think as a he lesson, says this now. Wait till there's ten seconds left in the third <laughs> period, and he's screaming at the television. Michael, can you explain to me why people are just so stupid and they don't understand that if they put the puck in the net they would win the game well, and i'm just like uh, okay the, but the line I always, they're doing it all night <laughs> it's hard it's hard it's hard and the line i always tell mike and i because i'll predict the plays i'm like i can see it coming and i'll, and I'll be like watch they're gonna score within 30 seconds and they, the other team scores because you can see what's going on and i always tell mike if i know what's going on as a musician the other team definitely knows what's going on <laughs> like they are literally professional hockey players with coaches who can recognize it so like i just know like what's going to happen so um i do i do get a little spicy when it comes to watching maybe my anger is all directed into that i think it is that's what that's, it goes to yeah. it's a good it, outlet for it yeah. it's a good outlet for it because it's it means nothing does it, it really affect the rest of your day though it affects by the the immediate 30 minutes afterwards <laughs> but like i just go in my room whatever and yeah. um and you like the morning games too the morning games are good because then if it's like a Saturday morning and the ga- you know we're on the West Coast or the East Coast game, let's say it's a noon game, the game's over the at like two, and then he has the rest of his Saturday to himself. Two, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they start at like noon or one, like on the East Coast. So it's like I'll wake up, drink a cup of coffee, and then like the Devils just lose, and I'm just like, well, it's sunny out. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like this is a good day. Got out of the way. You know, I think when it's worse at night because the game, like in the winter time, the games end around like seven thirty our time. Mm-hmm. So then it's like dark and it's just like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I'm tired and like this sucks, you know. Yeah. But it's like, but then if they win, then I'm like very happy. But they win about like you know maybe twenty percent of their games. So. Well, hopefully one day when you sing the national anthem for that's them, when it'll, that's when it'll they'll give the Stanley you some Cup. good seats. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. You'll be right there behind the coach, just banging and exactly. calling the plays. I, I mean. Yeah, eventually, like that would be great. I would love to sing that one. I would also love to sing "Oh Canada." That's one of my like one of the best songs I think ever written. Are you allowed are you to? allowed to? Well, yeah, you like... can. Well, you sing it if you sing it for a Canadian hockey game. They do the national anthem and "Oh Canada." But do they have an American ever singing the Canadian anthem, or vice versa? Or do they yeah. always have a Canadian singing? No, no, the no. Canadian they can't have anybody. You They're just oh. caught for like fraud. Like, <laughs> like this Canadian he, he passport, like is... a Canadian birth, birth yeah. certificate. Just because you ate Canadian bacon it, doesn't make you Canadian. <laughs> like maple syrup stains on it so they, they, they think it's real they go oh well it smells well, like did you know like, well maple that's a good point you know canadian money they they make it smell like maple syrup no i swear to god not. i swear to god somebody told me that and if you smell the maple leaf it's 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 literally smells like maple leaf because they use maple syrup or are they scenting it they scent it with something that smells like it Wow. Like you know how like, we, the dollar we'll need, smells we'll need like a fact check on that. Yeah, we'll guys, i have so much canadian money in our house i'll show it to you <laughs> He I'd does like, have a lot of Canadian money. It's, like, they don't it's in the ca- cushions. Like, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I smell like maple syrup in these walls. Yeah. 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 Um, you have some pretty lit fans, to say the least. I do. Very, very interesting group of internet aficionados mm-hmm. known as the Squid Squad, the Melch Whores. <laughs> what are some other names that they have? The Squid Squad. The Squid Squad and the Melch Whores are definitely the best names for them. Isn't that um, such a good name for his fans? Did you no. name that or no, they no, name no. themselves the they Squid name, Squad? They name theirs. They do everything themselves. I just, I am like. I don't even think you could poetically tie in the word squid into a song. Or could, 
never, never mind. No. It I would could, never well, sound good. Could, I, you yeah, make I wonder. A, could you make squid sound pretty? Yes. Yes. You, you can could? make anything sound okay. good. I actually just put in one of this, like, I like making really sad songs that have really stupid words in it. And I just wrote a song the other day that has the word befuddled in it. Befuddled. Yeah. And it's like a sad song. Ooh. So that's something very exciting. And you have about. a song coming out with the word umbilical cord in it. Umbilical cord in it. Yeah. That was like when I would play at these bars and stuff. Um, most of them were covers, you know, but I would play this one place on Sundays that was like this hip, like Jersey City place, a lot of Carhartt stuff and a lot of like, you know, older couples who paint, uh-huh. you know, like that sort of thing. And I remember one time when I was first playing there, I would do a lot of covers and stuff and, and like, you know, I thinking people would like these songs, you know, so just like the normal things. And one woman came up to me, maybe the second or third week I was there, this woman came up to me with like a $20 bill and she was like, do you write your own songs? And I was like, yeah. She's like, play those the rest of the time that we're here. And I was like, okay. Oh my God, I'm so down. You know, I, I'm and just they down. gave you the twenty. They gave me the twenty dollars, and I played the rest of my. Songs. And then someone came up with a hundred. And goes, can Please. you play Paul Simon? <laughs> Please. I've had people. That, <laughs> I'll give you. 100. Yeah, I'll play hundred. Please, anything but this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I started playing like my own songs there, and the owner really liked it. And more people started coming in, and um, it was really nice. Like they were very welcoming of my own things. So what I would eventually do too is, if I ran out of songs to sing of my own, I would say like, "Why doesn't the audience give me like a word or like two words?" And I'll try to make up make up a song together. So one time, one of my friends <laughs> named Rich came up to me and was like, "Dude, you didn't use my word," and I was like, "I didn't hear your word." You know, people are just yelling them out. You know, and I was like, "What was your word?" And he said like umbilical cord, and I was like, "Dude, there's no way you can put that in a song." And then. Like, I, I was, like, packing up my stuff, and I went home, and I was like, wait, like, could I put this word in a song? Like, how would it be done if it was done? And that's one of the songs that got me signed to, like, a record deal. Wow! Yeah. Damn. I remember sending Shout that out to, to Rick? It sounded to Rich, Rich. Rich. Who, eventually, I wrote one of the songs on the Lullaby Hotline with, and he's just, like, and he's just like a banker at Morgan Stanley. And he wrote these words and was like, hey, do you want to put this to a song? And I was like, sure. And that's Times Square, which is the last song. On the Lullaby Hotline, which I loved. Yeah, by the way, it's it's it, he's it, it's just really cool to have like songs with someone like him, who's like not even a musician, and then someone like Phineas, you know, just yeah, having these on the people same on thing. the same thing. There I was should like, have used sorry this clip earlier when we were talking about opera. But have you listened to every time they've talked about you on XM Radio? No, I was listen. I was driving last night, and you came on XM Radio again, again, oh, again sick. with Thanks. last time. Gotcha, right? Yeah, and uh, it was a. Di- it wasn't Madison. I think it was a different woman. Where's my phone? Right here. Oh, um, it was a different DJ, and so it was because you know that on Alt Nation they're kind of playing the same forty songs over yeah. and over, but you catch them with different DJs, and if they really like it, you know they'll talk about you, mm-hmm. and. Uh, did they they were speaking about uh, they were talking about opera oh god <laughs> hopefully and like hopefully i caught it and really random but he does have a degree in opera which means i think it's only fair that when we can do shows again that his encores are an opera song if he doesn't it's a missed opportunity adam give the people what they want an opera song <laughs> you heard her <laughs> I could do it. Let's I, hear. Let's hear a little opera well, real estate. I, what I used. To, oh God. What I used. <laughs> Running out of real estate. <laughs> that sounds bad. You should just come out for the encore. Just with the, just with the wig <laughs> of me. <laughs> um, what I used to do for those opera songs to learn them, I used to figure out the chords on guitars. I like I would just like sort of write the chords above it like a chart, and then just play acoustic guitar along to it and try to sing and like find them. And there's some of them that I like literally still know, like that are just like in German or like Italian sort of. Wow. That's so, cool because, yeah, you have to learn like a whole new language. Whole new language. Yeah, it. I had to take two semesters of Italian, German, and French like to get like to get my degree. Like that was a requirement. We didn't have to do gym or math, but we had to do those. <laughs> so if you think about that, yeah. Wow, for, you're quite the, the polygot. What is one of the best show memories you have? One of the best show memories I have is the last show I played, which was The Troubadour. Oh, oh yes. Just that whole night. Yeah. I just remember like that whole night. I can pretty much replay the whole thing in my brain, like everything I've said. And I you think, didn't just like black out the whole time? No. And I think for I, usually I do. Usually I can't like recall like what I did. I just remember like the it's overall just like a feeling. Snap, of, like, like yeah. that night happened. But I think what be, the reason it was is because I didn't really have a show before that. And I was planning on doing like South by Southwest afterwards and a whole run of shows. And I think because those all got canceled, it was basically that was the only show I played within like – 
you know, I hadn't played since like November of the previous year. So it's like the only show I basically have played for like 18 months, you mm-hmm. know? So I like really remember and can remember different parts about it. But having like Dodie come, having like my dad come on stage and stuff. And um, it being at the Troubadour. At the Troubadour is like my general, first headline show. Like, it was like my only sold out show I ever did. And like and having just those blue neon lights. Yeah. Above and like you, people I mean. waiting around the corner to like get into oh, the show yeah. so they could be at the front. Yeah. It was really, it was really special. That felt like a big, um, just like a big moment for me in terms of like where I was. Um, but one of my favorite show moments was also playing the Greek theater. Yeah. That's, that's the one that sticks out for me. Yeah. It's like. Because at the Troubadour, everyone's there to see you. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, you know, they yeah. like you. But when you're opening up for someone else at a place that big, you have your little body and your <laughs> yeah. little guitar on a huge stage with like literally thousands of people who don't know anything, anything about, about you. you. And then it was you were playing like as the sun was setting and it's an outdoor venue. And then you ended with real estate. And like by the end of the night, everyone was in their seats and everyone gave you a standing ovation for your Mm. final song. And like a place where no one's ever heard of you before you played your own music, won everybody over. Yeah, that was very special for me. So I was out of town. (laughs) And I remember you telling me like Adam's playing at the Greek. Yeah, it was insane. It was really insane. And yeah. And then like a line of people came to meet you afterwards at like the merch line. Yeah. People were explaining that like. Uh, I think it was Joyride was mm-hmm. you were explaining the story of that and people had really related to that. And you basically like it's just such a wild thing to be able to go to opera school and then <laughs> play sold out shows. And play it's really music. strange. Yeah, it's, it's a super strange thing. The funny part about that was that the tour I was on right before that, like, you know, there were some nights I was playing a five people on that tour, the yeah. tour I previously went on. And even that one, I remember um like getting that was the reason I moved in with you was be, literally because of that tour I made forty seven dollars, like I we you know I was just you know the guarantees weren't high and like I was just trying it was like my first like opening tour like going with somebody I didn't know and like you know the shows were really fun to play I was very informative but there were some nights you know that like just like didn't sell that well and like you know it's like you only get a cut of what the artist makes and mm-hmm. if the artist is making a lot then you're not going to make a lot and stuff so i remember coming from that tour and like something happened with the rental car where i got like i'd like the, the whole reason i was doing the tour i said yes to it because it like wasn't long enough to like make a lot of money but i got some sort of deal on the rental car and i was like okay cool i'm down to do it because of this deal and then what happened was is that deal fell through when I returned the rental car, they were like, oh, yeah, you owe this much money. And I was like, oh, I was informed that I was going to owe this much. And they're like, no, sorry, that like expired. Oh, no. So then I wound up giving basically all my money away. I had, I remember I made $47 on tour, but I only had $90 in my bank account. So I remember hitting up Mike and being like, dude, like I know that you have that extra room in your apartment. Like could I move in? And Mike was like, dude, come here. Like you don't have to pay for like you know a month or two or whatever. Like I'll just cover it and just start paying whenever you can, you know, all this stuff. So thank you. Props to Mike for doing that because I literally would have had to move back home. I was like, I remember when I got home, I had a session the next day with um, Marshall Vore, Phoebe Bridgers' drummer. Oh, yes. And we, I met him one time. Yeah. And that was um, at uh, Brentwood Country Mart. Marshall, if you remember. Oh, God. Marshall is the best. <laughs> Marshall, if you're listening. If you're listening, yeah. He is, he's just, he's such a individual character unique human being i love him so much but i was going to his house to like finish a song we were working on which is on the lullaby hotline best problem we were finishing it up and um i remember driving there and i like from from maybe from sherman oaks where i was living before that because i told my room i was like dude i can't afford rent anymore you know i have to move so i, I called mike up and i remember which driving. i helped you move into like two months earlier two months earlier <laughs> he helped me move in yeah like all the shit so um i'm driving there and i put all the windows down and i called jack my manager and i was like dude i was calling him to tell him that i have to move back to new jersey i was like dude i just don't have any money like i'm sorry like i like this whole thing you know so i call him up and he was like Adam, because I texted him before. I was like, dude, guys, I was like, I don't really have, you know, anything. So like, why don't you call us? And so I called him on my way to Marshall's and he was like, Adam, he said, give me 10 minutes and I'll call you right back. And I was like, cool. So I'm like in the car and I was like settled. I was just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go back to New Jersey. It'll be fine. This is it. Like, this is really nice. I'll just like talk to Marshall about it, you know, and like, it'll be cool. I've already made enough contacts. I can just fly out here whenever, you know, sort of thing. And he calls me 10 minutes later and Willie is on the phone too, my other manager. And they were like, dude, we just got the Greek theater for you. Like we just got the Rodrigo Gabriela tour. And that tour was like, you know, I was making like 
thousand bucks a night, you know, because like, they're like, whatever. And I was like, oh my God. And it would started the next month. So I like knew I was going to be okay. So like, it's just like those things when you're like for that 10 minutes, I was just like free of everything. I was just like, oh yeah, I tried this money, you know, makes it, but you know, I still felt, I was like, you know, I made enough contacts here. I can come back whenever, you know, I can do this thing. And, um, it was just sort of like those things sort of happen to you when you need them the most, you know? So, so but, that's um, all the past. And now yeah. like, that's the thing I think a lot of people maybe don't realize is that like, the, the thing it takes 10 years to be an overnight success, whatever, like mm-hmm. you put in a lot of work to get to where you are and yeah. it, it, you know, there's like talent, but also the hard work and like persistence. A lot of luck. Yeah. A lot of luck. Yeah. A lot, and of, a lot luck. of charm. You're a really likable person oh. though, too. I think a lot of times, a lot of musicians come out here and they, yeah, like, they think they're, they're, they're really well. hung up on them. Than, yeah. They're really yeah. hung up on themselves. They got a big ego and they don't necessarily work really well with people. And you yeah. really got to like have that type of personality to, um, I don't know, to really make it out Absolutely. here. Absolutely. I think all of there's two things in your point that i 100 percent agree with it's like everybody it's just relationships out here everybody's so talented so there's no point of working with somebody who's not fun to hang out with like mm-hmm. you know it's like anybody can write a song like that sort of thing so it's like i've gotten into rooms by just being good to hang out with like i don't have any cuts like with like you know whatever stars or you know anything not but yet. Like, pe- yeah maybe not yet but people are like oh yeah i've had a good experience hanging with this person so let's just put them in you know whatever yeah but i think i credit that to um just this working in in the service industry you work mm-hmm. at a restaurant and you're all of a sudden you're like meeting people who like you know are super crazy like and then not and you're interacting with strangers every day and a lot of people like you know it's like tiktok is sick and like all these things to make people like you know pretty fast you know but like i'll i'll work with you know people who sometimes like really don't even know what they want to say or want them like that man, man this is like so early like you don't even know what i want and so i think i was afforded the time to take and of course like it would have been you know a different journey if like something went viral and i was already in it but like i do really like i don't regret anything that i've done or any of the amount of time it took to be where i am because i've learned so much about myself that i'm just like just very aware of like what kind of person i am and very aware of like my limits and like how to like communicate those limits and um yeah especially like the slam poetry too yeah the slam poetry was crazy and like i even that community is like so um that's why i think i listen to words first because that is the first community where like i was really held accountable for my words like you know i would write something and i would think it's the best thing and like they'd be like hey you know that thing right there that's like a little racist and I was like, oh, well, tell me how. And they're like, well, this is like you're insinuating that this is the reason this happened. But actually, like, it's not that. It's this thing. And I'm like, oh, OK, cool. Like, so or like this is, like doesn't hit like this is sort of like and in that community, it's like everybody is like all you have is your word. So it's like you really if you want to talk about a subject, you either have to like really blow it out of the water or come from that experience and stuff. And I learned a lot from that. So I remember doing that slam poetry thing for like a half a year and just being like, you know what? I've learned what I need to do and what I need to be. And for me, I need to just be a listener. I don't need to be active in doing this. I can just enjoy people's words and like that sort of thing. But it's really, but you learn that from like taking notes from people, not being offended. Everyone just like, you know, when, when people are sort of saying these things to you, usually it's out of a place of love and it's like, oh, I really want to root for you. I want you to set yourself up the best, but like, why don't you just like fix this thing you said? Cause this is like, this could be misconstrued. Yeah, like you I know you don't take mean it. Cr- criticism constructively. Yeah. Man. And I think with, even with writing songs and stuff like i am one of those people who will like i want you to say like oh yeah i wouldn't make it past the first chorus on that because what's the point you're wasting time if you're not going to like comfortable enough to say you know like when i show songs to mike mike is never like mincing his words on what he thinks like should happen in the song or like if you know like he thinks of something you know it's like okay cool you know like that's good but adam also knows too like if i say i do like something or i don't like something he also knows what my taste is and what i like so he can take like this, like, for example, a song that he knows I would never like, if I don't get super jazzed about it when he shows it to me, it's not going to bum him out because he knows, like, I don't necessarily like those types of songs. Song, if, he, songs yeah. if he shows me, like, a song that's like, oh, this is a really Mike song, there's some Mike chords in here that I know he knows he likes, and I get super jazzed about that. That's you also great have to too. take, and you have to take that with like a exactly. bit of context. Yeah, so yeah. Like, just because I get super jazzed about it doesn't mean it's the greatest thing yeah. in the world either. But though, and and but it's good to recognize, and like that's why I don't really like when even like there's songs that my managers like that I would be like, I'm never going to sing this. Like I understand you're seeing the dollar signs here, you know, with it. But like for my project in in general, like it just wouldn't feel right, even if it's the best song I've ever written. You know, sometimes it just doesn't fit. And I think that's what I really love about working with artists 
that really know themselves and whether or not they are like, you know, like I work with a lot of artists who are like, you know, super popular, like have millions and millions of streams. And there's some people who haven't even released any of their songs yet, but I believe in them just as much because they just have something to say. And when they're really excited about a song that we're doing together, I'm just like, oh man, I know how, like, this is so rewarding for me to see you light up, you know, like you're just like the thing. antenna or the conduit. Yeah. I'm just like basically there to edit, you mm -hmm. know, and just being like to just lead people down a path that sometimes they're just not confident in themselves enough to do, or they don't know how to get to the place they want to go. So, um, it's damn. really informative for me and, you know, damn, what a nugget. Yeah. Would you like to, uh, just to play a little grace song, sure. the song? Sure. Yes. sure I can play something. Sick. Please. Okay. Keep an extra towel Sung up by the door have another charger now A toothbrush in the trunk I say you a place a table made for two Living on it just in case There's always room for you You go like the moon in the morning Hitch a ride on the breeze, see the light through the trees. Shows over the same old story now. <laughs> Is it so much to ask you to lay in the bed for a moment? Say it isn't a dream. Why can't you stay? This song is called Last Time. I'm not gonna make this easy. Here comes a goodbye. Cause every time I go, I'm scared it's gonna be the last time. Take a bath in all the sorrow. Enjoy the sight Cause every time I go I'm scared It's gonna be the last time Oh I'm taking a picture of this In the 
back of my mind Cause every time I go I'm scared it's gonna be the last time I know when I really need to I can close my eyes Cause every time I go I'm scared it's gonna be the last time You promise me each time you leave You haven't seen the last of me It's just I never have enough of you Feed me any line Just tell me this won't be the last time I remember the way you look at all the gates you've been assigned Cause every time I go I'm scared it's gonna be the last time Just let me know when you land, only then I'll be fine Cause every time I go I'm scared it's gonna be the last time Promise me each time you leave You haven't seen the last of me It's just I never have enough of you Feed me any line Just tell me this won't be the last time This won't be the last time One day we're gonna look back Laugh at how much we cried Cause every time I left I thought that it would be the last time